Well, it is super awesome to get to speak, and um, you know, um, I will always say this. Thanks, Aaron, for always allowing me to do it and trusting me. And and um, but I uh, I had something completely differently planned, and then there's there's a. If you all want to see some crazy notes after this, come check this out because it is, it is nuts. So um, God kind of started putting some stuff on my heart, and, and he did it so fast that I was trying to write fast, and um, my writing looks terrible. So um, it looks like a right-hander was trying to write with his left. and so. Um, but I think it's something that's extremely important for us to hear this morning, and uh, it's extremely important for me. If you know anything about me, um, when I do speak, I speak about what's going on inside, um, and um, I like to share that with you. Now, the good, the hard part about that is that sometimes it's my failures, and sometimes it's my my bad things. And and so this morning, you're going to get a glimpse of me, and you're going to kind of see, and you're going to kind of know me a little bit more after this, and realize why I am the way I am, why I'm not a very good talker, why I hide in corners, or I go to my office and I hide from people. Um, so this morning. We are going to look at what is, um, and, and also, you can put that up there, Monica, if you want to. I am not a PowerPoint guy or, or anything else, so that's what you got this morning, and we're going to have some scripture. But we're going to talk about insecurity, um, and um, this is a huge thing in my life. This is a, a massive thing that I've dealt with my whole entire life, um, from whether it be... Um, somebody said about me or what I think somebody said about me um, or what um, I think of myself and it causes sometimes crippling things and we're going to talk about how we're going to fight this how we're going to go about this and I'm going to tell you this right now I do not have this one together this is a working process for me Um, I am I am constantly looking at myself going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. And so God tells me different. And we're going we're gonna to look this morning at Gideon's life, um, and we're going to be uh, running through Judges. So we're going to be running through a little bit of Scripture this morning. Um, but uh, I want to start off with this, and, and you all will remember this, and if you don't remember this, you're lying to me, especially you guys. Uh, remember when you were a kid running around in your underwear? Like, and you had nothing else on you just running around in your in your scooters and you had who knows what you had on your shorts you know some of you might have had something like um gosh gi joe's or batman or you know superheroes or whatever but you know how crazy it is is that we we've we went from a little kid who was totally fine with being in his underwear didn't bother him didn't bother me that's for sure um you wouldn't catch me like that now or you probably have to get me out of jail too. But um, back then, when we were little kids, and you can see this with the kids running around, like some of these kids, I'm a big scary guy to some some adults. Some adults won't even approach me. But I'm telling you, every Sunday, one of those kids will walk up to me, and either one that'll beat me up, start hitting me, or they'll just start telling me the most random thing ever. Do, do yeah? Can you hear my ABCs? Let me let me tell you my ABCs. And they spit it out. They get it out, and they look at you, and they're like, "Yeah, look at me." There's no insecurity. Like, I mean, like they're they're just there. They're everything comes out where they're not weathered, you know. And I was thinking about it. I was thinking, my son, he's just quiet. And um, but I remember when he was little, and he would do the same kind of thing. Like, 
no problem coming up to any person or random person and saying something like that or letting it out or running around in his underwear sitting in the uh, laundry basket. And I started thinking about this a lot. And I said, what happened? And here's what happened. It came for all of us. And it comes in different forms. And it comes in different places in our lives. It comes from different people in our lives. And what happens is, is it comes in and it takes us away from what God has said about us. And we're going to look at that as well, um, about what God says about us. And so, um, this morning, I don't know what your insecurities are. Um, I don't know what you walked in here with. I can tell you this. I can tell you there's a lot of them. It could be your job. It could be the car you drive. It could be the way you look. It could be I'm, I'm not lovable. I'm, I'm, I'm not pretty enough. It could be a magnitude of things. Inside of me, um, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt and a lot of hearing. <laughs> there's a lot of hearing the enemy talking to me and a lot of saying, you're just not good enough. Um, and we've become very self-conscious, very concerned about what other people think. Have you ever been there? You got that on your mind? Like, and it'll drive you crazy. It'll drive you to insanity trying to think what other people think of you. And um, right now, if I asked every single one of you, and let's just go from like an outside appearance. If I asked every one of you, what, is, what are you not confident about? What are you self-conscious about? Like, I guarantee you we could all answer that pretty quickly. It could be your, I got a big nose or I got big ears or I got this or that. It'd be pretty easy to, to answer that question. So I started looking and I started going, okay, what is, what is the definition, you know? And I always start there because like sometimes these words, and we were, we were looking at this at our group last night, sometimes words have double meanings. Um, but this is what it says. It says, uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, lack of confidence. Um, uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. And lack of of confidence. Um, and you'll have to bear with me because of my, my crazy notes then how, uh, how, how, how awful they are. Because <laughs> I was just jotting down as fast as I could get it going. What we want to do is, um, if you wouldn't mind just bringing up that scripture um, up there, I'm going to read through some of Judges here this morning. We're going to kind of go through the story, um, and I'll kind of explain to you um, this right here. Is uh, it's verse eleven? Cool. So I'm going to read this with you, and I may paraphrase some of it, and I may um, also um, um, read some of it. it. Says now the ain't oh, and by the way, there's some big words in here. If I just skip them, it's be okay. You'll be all right. It says now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the whatever that is thing. And whatever that is, um, I just say Ophrah, uh, which belong uh, to Joash, the, again, while his son Gideon was a beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. In a lot of the different versions, it says some other things too. It says, And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds uh, that our fathers uh, recounted uh, to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Do not, or, <clears throat> do not I send you. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest. And I am... At, and, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you um, who speak with me. Please do not depart uh, from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you, and he said, I will stay with you till you return. So I'm going to kind of go a little bit farther with the story so we don't have to read all that scripture. So here's what's happening. He is uh, basically hiding. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he's making a sandwich, doing his thing, trying to not get his stuff stolen. And from the looks of it, if looking in these verses, it looks like Gideon is a very... He doesn't, he's not a very uh, confident man. He even says, you know, I am, you know, my family's the weakest. And then my clan is no good, you know. And um, the angel comes. And this is, the, this is the crazy part. The angel comes and he says, can you go back to that verse? Um, I think it was like, I don't know. Which, and if you can't find it, not a big deal. But basically he says, almighty man of val- valor. Um, and if you look up that, I mean, it's like, you imagine... Gideon who's hiding, going like, I am the weakest of weeks. I am the, my family stinks. I wish I was better. And here's this angel that drops out of nowhere and like says, you're, you're like the man. You imagine what was going through his head, going the, the amount of doubt that was going on and in, in, inside of him, going like, you, you're telling me to do this and I am this? And he's like, Later on in the verses, he talks about and says, hey, you know, basically, you're it. Like, you're the, you're the, the big thing. And um, so I, I sat and I thought, you know, I put myself in Gideon's shoes and go, like, what am I, you know, what would that feel like, you know? And, you know, all I could think was is I wouldn't believe him. <laughs> like, I would doubt him all day long. I would go, like, this isn't true. And... Um, even if an angel popped down and said that to me, I'd probably have some problem with that. But as the story goes on, here's what happens. Um, he leaves, brings back an offering, and he basically, he needs to find basically his, um, there's a couple of things that he is um, looking at. He says, hey, when you come back, I need a sign. See, he was so, uh, he was so, not confident about that he had just spoke to him. He said, I need a sign. So he comes back with his offering 
And, and I'm going to modern this up just a little bit. The angel just sitting there with a lighter and he torches it. Gone. There's a sign. Gideon kind of freaks out. Oh man, I have, I have met the Lord. I'm going to die. Like, you know, that's going to happen. But that wasn't enough. It was recorded four times that three times that he wanted a sign. So he basically tells him again, I need a sign. So, all right, I'll do a sign. So, Two signs of going and um, messing with this fleece on the floor. One, he said, hey, make the fleece wet, not the, not the ground wet. Wakes up the next morning, it's just that way. So he opposes it up and says, hey, um, I want the fleece to be dry, but I want the floor to be all wet. And so what he does is he wakes up, and there it is. Now, I don't know about you, but if that many times like that happened, I would be like, all right, we got it. It still wasn't enough for him. See, he had a massive army. He had a big one. And he was still outnumbered, but he would have done all right. I mean, I think I wrote down the numbers of what it looked like. He had 32,000 soldiers. And God told him to go, hey, go take care of this. But it wasn't that easy. He said, I need you to, I need you to uh, chop down your army just a little bit. He's like, hmm, Okay. He's like, tell everybody that's afraid to go home. Well, a lot of them were afraid, and they left. He dropped him down to about 10,000 people. He's like, okay, you know. And he goes, you know what? You know, God comes to him and says, you know, it's like, I just, I I think we need to knock it down a little more. And he's like, really, seriously? Like, how is this going to work? Like, this can't happen. I'm going to go get destroyed. And so what happens is, is he says, hey, take the guys down to the water. And um, I uh, will probably get in trouble for saying this, but I think it's the first time that there was a drinking game involved that did not have alcohol. Um, so I think that's where it was the first drinking game recorded at right there. But basically he tells them, hey, watch them, you know, watch them how they drink. Take these people, how, you know, all this 300 people. 300 people. The odds were like massively stacked against him. And so what happens is, is he goes down there, it's long story short, goes down there, does what God tells him to do. They throw fire and make noise and all this. They run. They're scared. God never felled him. But one of the things we're going to look at this, and, and this is what my first point would be. It says, how do, I say, and I said, fight insecurity with your God-given identity. In, in chapter 6 and verse 12, you know, he comes to him and he tells him, you're a mighty man of valor. And here's the thing. I was, I was thinking about, like, I was thinking about, you know, fight security with your God-given identity. And I was like, okay, well, who can give you your identity? There's only a couple people that can give you your identity. The maker, um, the manufacturer. The owner, you can't go outside and name my car for me. I mean, you can, but I have rights to that, so I can name my car. Um, I can't go to your house and name your pet for you. You've already done that when you bought it. And um, it reminds me of a story that I know of of, of uh, some friends that had gotten a dog from the pound, or I think it was the pound. The dog had a name already, and the dog was old. And so they get it home, and they're like, we don't like that name, so we're going to name it a different name. 
The dog didn't know his name ever. The dog wouldn't come to the name. The dog was like, yeah, that's not my name. I was given a name by my owner at the beginning. And so I thought about that. I was like, you know what? We have to, um, we have to be able to look at what our, um, I think I wrote down, um, your truest identity comes from him and who he says you are. And um, we all live with labels um, that we uh, identify as, um, like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, um, I'm not lovable, and I've gone over some of these. Um, and these are all lies, and this is why they are all lies. And this is how you can tell they're lies, because if it's not matching up with what he told you you are, what your identity is inside of him. See, the thing is, is we're not just... We're not just people that he just put out here and he's calling us his sons and daughters. Like, And so that is how we find our identity, by looking through the word and finding out what he says about us. Um, and God is all three of those. He's our maker and he's our, you know, he's our manufacturer, if you will. Um, he purchased us with a very large price. Um, and so, um, here's, what, here's what God says about you. And there's a couple things I jotted down. There's a bunch more. But you are loved. Um, and that will never change. You are pure, righteous, and holy. That one's a rough one to handle sometimes when you're a tart sandwich. You're forgiven. I was and, and and I thought about a lot of these, and I go in like, man, I don't think about these all the time. And so then it brought me to Ephesians, and I don't have that one up on the screen, but I will read it for you here. If my phone didn't decide to start over, okay. In Ephesians two, it says this: it says for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. <laughs> so here's what I want. I want, a, I want a couple things. Mine is on my phone, and I got plenty of other Bibles everywhere else. But I don't know what your lifestyle is, and I don't know what your your day-to-day kind of thing goes. But... Did you just hear what I read? I'm going to read it again. It said, for we are his, his workmanship. God doesn't create junk. God doesn't create garbage that that is just thrown away. It says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. See, what happens is, is if we kind of get out of that mode and we don't really realize what our identity is, it messes with us big time. It can rob us of many, many things in our heart. And I am one to tell you that it can do that and it will do that. I know for me that we, myself in general, when I have to do something that is kind of big or whatever, um, it cripples me. Um, and, and, and the cool thing is, is I'll tell you a quick story of, of what happened. And, um, and 
couple was a couple of months ago. I can't remember how long I've been playing. I play, so I play a prayer room on Tuesday nights, all right? Play a two-hour prayer room service. I play with some of the most intimidating people I've ever met in the worship world. You go to YouTube and you see all these people, and these are the people that I'm playing with. And um, that day I woke up, I get in my car, and I'm driving right over here by 36, wherever it's at, maybe over there. I don't know where I'm at ever here. My clutch went out. Thank you, Josh. I got a new clutch, and it works beautiful. My clutch went out. I barely made it back home. I was almost super late. I get there, and I am so intimidated. I am almost shaking. My, my confidence was down in the dirt. Because what they did is they gave me two days to learn songs. And they gave me three songs, said, hey, you got to do two of these. you got to sing Melody. And you got to sing harmony. And I just started going, oh, no. I don't even know what a harmony is. And I'm like, I, you know, and for a guy that's been singing as long as he has, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I know how to sing harmony. So I get there, and I had emailed them. This is how awesome, like how hard I tried to get out of this. I emailed them a couple days before, and I said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, I, am, uh, I don't know anything about harmonies. I don't know how to sing them. I was like, hey, I'm going to get up there, and I'm just going to waste your time. And they were like, no, please come. So I get there, and after all my car problems, I get there, and I'm thinking, hey, it's just going to be an easy little playing thing. No, not at all. I got up there, and there's these people that have written songs that we've sung in our churches all over the world. And I'm sitting there going like, wow, this is not going to be easy. My in-ear, I had stepped on my in-ear, so I broke one of my molded in-ears. So I had one in-ear in. And I get up there, and this is how God literally steps in certain places. And he boosts your confidence in who he is. This is how you can stand in it. I get there, and I'm like, all right. I was like, I'm going to ruin this, so just let's start it and get it over with. And I start singing, and we start singing, and I'm singing the other part, and she stops the song, this girl that's there, and she says, hey, we're, we want you to sing the lead on this. She's like, I got your email. She's like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. So I was like, whew, I can do that. See, for a long time, I've, I've been leading, so I don't need anybody to sing because they all take care of it for me they got the hard part i got the easy part so i was like oh great this is gonna go good now i can sing my parts i don't have to sing all the harmonies and and know all that stuff well we get done and i have have a guy talking in my ear the whole time so um he goes like hey let's uh let's sing it again let's try the harmonies i was like man i thought we were done i was like my audition was supposed to be 15 minutes and i should have been out of here and um, he's like, no, let's try it again. So we try it again, and he's singing in my ear the whole time. Imagine you have a click track, you have a full band, and you have a guy singing in your ear the harmonies, trying to, like, help you sing them. I got done with that whole process, and I'll tell you what, I was just like, man, I am a dumb person for coming here today. Like, I just look like a child in front of everybody. And uh, I was like, you know what? I was like... It was an experience. I did not like that experience. I would never put myself in that experience again. Rewind, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, I get an email. And um, that's where I'm at on Tuesdays. I do a prayer room. And um, the last two weeks I've had to lead there. 
and um, we've had to do two-hour sets, and you don't know what you're seeing. You just pick a key, and you go to town for two hours. And it was that same feeling this last week I had of being insecure. And I kept getting these text messages from my team, and they kept telling me, you got this, you got this. And no matter how many times they said that, I just couldn't believe them. I was like, this is, this is nuts. I can't do it. And um, it was like this, like God just whispers in my ear, like, well, he didn't really say you mighty man of valor because I'd I feel really weird and if he said something like that. It's like, he kept putting in my heart, like, you got this. I'm going to be with you as he was with Gideon. I will walk through the fire with you. I will take your insecurities and I will just step on them. Because it isn't you, it is me. My identity shines through you. And that is, that is um, when you get to that place in your heart, um, I wish I could just get up to, to heaven and have like this, this conversation and go, hey God, I was just wondering what you think about me. And I bet you he wouldn't shut up. That's what he does. And so this morning with, with this kind of stuff, we, um, we try to listen a lot to what other people think. And this is what gets me caught up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real with you for a minute here. Your words matter. Everything you say, everything you do in your day-to-day thing matter. You can destroy somebody or you can lift them up. See, we don't know what everything is, what, what's going on in everybody's life from day to day. And when we're insensitive to that and we don't speak life into people, this is what happens. You get somebody that is down, you get somebody that is not doing well, and you just bomb them even more. And here's, here's the thing. That's not who we are as people. That is, I've had to struggle with that. I think I was telling our group last night, I was like, I'm that kind of guy that like, you get me mad enough and I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel and you're not going to like it. We're probably not going to be friends after that. But the cool thing about it is, is I've learned, I've learned hard, the hard way. I've learned the hard way that if I speak and I make sure that my words matter, if I look at what I'm about to just spew out of my mouth, it could change the other person on the other end. The person that was walking in with insecurities of going like, I don't belong here by me saying the right thing, I can crush that for them. So it's a matter of meeting people like where they're at, but it's also a heart condition. It's also what comes out of your heart. Like I heard this one time and it was so disturbing. It's like 90% of sarcasm is the truth. And that's, that's crazy if you really, really think about it. Imagine how many times you've been sarcasmed on like, and how many times that was the truth. 
So I say this with that, and this isn't even in my notes. I say this, and I want you to walk around with this, that your words matter. Your actions matter. You don't know what people might be dealing with. And it can send people like me and other people, um, our confidence just down the tubes. Number two, confidence from anything temporary is temporary. And so we look um, at Gideon's life, and here's what he, he tried doing. He tried to find his confidence. He was trying to look for a couple things. Um, he was looking for confidence in the signs. Uh, four different times we're told um, that he looked for signs. And the signs didn't last. Um, the, um, they, didn't, they didn't hold up to what he needed. He, he almost like... He, You'd think one of them would have been, you know, um, would have been okay. It's kind of like one of those things where, like, and some of you may be far away from this or whatnot, but it was like, remember when you were a kid and you're driving your car and you, well, I mean, not even a kid, maybe just a teenager, young, and you go, man, God, if you can make those four red lights turn green, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. Or... If you turn those four lights green, um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever your answer is to that. Um, but you know what? Those lights probably didn't change on purpose for you. You probably drove slower to get to the other one. You're looking for things that weren't, you know, looking for signs, looking for, looking for this, looking for that. And so what I'm telling you about this is, is, is this is um, be super careful, again, with your words. But here's the deal. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and go, oh, man, God told me this about you. Let me speak this into you. You're, if your antenna don't go up, then you need to go up. Because here's what it is. If it doesn't match up with what the Bible says, I don't know where they got it from, but it wasn't from him. And so here's what we do is we start looking for confidence in people and what they say about us. And when they don't say something good about us or they don't say anything at all, our confidence goes down. And, and again, I say this, anytime you get confidence from something temporary, it's going to be temporary and it won't last. Um, He wants, he wants us to be confident in who he is. He wants us to be people that can realize our identity. And here's what the deal is. is like If we figure out who we are as people and we figure out our identity, a lot of this goes away, but it doesn't always go away. Um, there's sometimes that it'll rear its ugly head and, and um, you can have... Uh, you know, you could have a good day and it goes well. But see, here's the thing. If you put your confidence in a lot of things of, of <clears throat> the world, like my guitar in general, how many times have you guys seen my strings break, especially when I first got here? I went and bought uh, more expensive strings. I put my confidence in those strings. I said, hey, 
I was buying the $14 ones. I should buy the $20 ones because they won't break. Well, I broke them the same. Broke them even more. You can put your money in, or you can put your confidence in a lot of things. Your job. You can put it in your money. You can put it in your car. You can put it in yourself. And it's all temporary. It's all going to fall apart at some point. If If your identity is not being looked at, as Christ looks at it. So don't put your, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't put your, your confidence in things that are going to break and last. So we serve a God who is amazing, massive, and I, I can't begin to tell you how hard I want to tap into that here. Like, God is, is like, we barely touch the ice. Like, the, we see the tiny bite of the iceberg here. And I can't wait till one of these days, <laughs> and again, well, I like my small group, by the way. Um, so if you're here, I like y'all. Um, I think, I was telling them last night, like, I can't wait till we get to a place where we just go bonkers in here, and God is able to just his thing and and I say that with this is because when you get in places like that God is so not shy about telling you how much he loves you how much he like when I talk about the cross and and when I talk about the blood and I talk about what happened um, I usually can't talk without getting choked up about it that's how important you are. And if you have become numb to that, if you have been in a place to where you go, I just don't know. Is God really there? Is he not there? Go read the stories. It's not something to take lightly. It's not something that we should take lightly. But that's the man God that we serve. And like that's the that's the... The ultimate thing that we're talking about this morning and putting our confidence in. There's there's a couple of songs and, and I don't man, this is twice, y'all, that I've said something that Chris Tomlin said this week, so just pray for me. <laughs> Jeez. But he says in his song, it says if you're if you're for us, who can be against us? Oh man. I'm going to go take a shower now after that one. Um, um, but think about it. Like, that's who, um, you know, that's who fights for you. That's who gives us um, our identity. And it says, and I, <clears throat> you know, how much of our lives have been impacted um, by insecurity, by not being... Um, confident in who we are in Christ I'm not saying you need to be arrogant don't be arrogant please but you should walk around with the most confidence of I have Jesus in my heart that should make you want to walk through walls because I'll tell you this much like can I be real with you and this is, this is me being my heart. There's a lot of empty seats in here, guys. 
who we should be sharing it with to fill those seats. I don't care about just filling the seats. But that's who we are. It's inside of us. That should be how exciting it is that you can't stop it from coming out. You can't go to the gas station. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't do anything without it coming out. Now, I'm not saying go throw Bibles at people or um, go door to door because if you leave trash on my door, I'll just be angry. But that confidence that he gives us is what we should take out and share with people. And look, I told you from the beginning, I am not the best person at this game. Like I am, you can say one thing to me and I will just crawl into my turtle shell. Two things will happen. I'll crawl into my turtle shell and hide or we're going to go have an MMA boxing match outside. That's, that's my two options that I have. And God has been able to kind of curb that and puts me in my turtle shell more than I, than I uh, have to go outside and fight people. But it's, it's with obedience. And, and that's kind of my next point is it's with obedience that we um, are able to, let me find it here. I told you I had a million pages of things. She had a market. Uh, confidence um, comes through um, obedience to God. And, um, and I could think of only looking at Gideon and going, like, imagine, imagine if, if Gideon just went up and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do this. I got 300 men. They're going to slaughter me. No, thank you. I can't imagine how he felt like how, like, I don't, I don't, I can't even fathom. Like I'm sure there was a lot of just God's presence here. Like it had to have been, um, for that to be able, but imagine if he wouldn't have done that. Um, he would have not been able to ever get past that. And, you know, um, he had to walk up to that line and he had to say yes to God. And so what we have to do is we have to walk up to that line, that line of, there's that line. I'm not good enough. Can I tell you that's a real thing? That is a hard thing to get over. It's not easy. I've had people say, you're not, you're not very lovable, and I'm not. I try to be. Those are the kind of things that some people say to people, and it, help, it just sends us off into the wrong direction. But we have to walk up to those lines, just like Gideon did, and we have to go, well, this looks crazy. God thinks I'm, I'm the man. And we have to step into that. It's like almost dressing ourselves in a whole new clothing and receiving that from him. And um, that, like I said, is not an easy thing. We, we tend to 
do the complete opposite of that. You know, we go running. And I'm, you know, here's the thing. I've ran so many times you can't imagine. And we have, I have been able to see God's love on the, even on the other side of that. Just like, you know, it was like my mom, well, besides throwing stuff at me um, to get my attention, uh, my mom is Mexican, so she would throw her flip-flop, and yes, it is true. Um, there is a chancla, and it gets thrown at you. Dad would throw the shovel or whatever it would be, you know. And so, um, but you know, I think that it was when, when I started running from that, it was God hitting me with that flip-flop, or did your mom ever just flink you in the head? It was like God going like, man, you ran away from who I was telling you you were. If you just go back that direction, I'm going to tell you so much about you, how much I love you. See, we miss out on a lot of things because of that. We don't get things accomplished. You, you could be that kind of person that changes your job all the time because you're so pinned up and you're so insecure about what you drive that you'd rather be in debt because that's what you want to do. God doesn't see you like that. You know, it's like I, I was looking at certain things and, and insecurities, and it was some of the most, like, it runs rampant in the, in the um, what do you call it, supermodel world, uh, which I'm definitely not a part of. Uh, some of the prettiest, most richest, most successful people are the most insecure people that are around it's because they're, they're able to collect things. They're able to kind of hold, put that in the void. It's not filling anything. And my last, like, again, my last point was that confidence comes through obedience. It takes work, guys. Like, here's the deal. And I, and, and I know that this has been said a lot of times is that being a Christian is not easy. For some reason, and if you've been told this, I'm sorry. We're working on this. If somebody ever told you that being a Christian was going to be super easy, that your life was going to be just fantastic, they lie to you. Don't believe them. Because you're going to be put through some hard times. And you're going to be put through some hard times about yourself. Sometimes you're going to come in doubting yourself so hard that you don't know which direction to go anymore. Somebody's going to say something to you that is going to destroy you. Here's the best part about it. When that happens, when that happens, remember Ephesians. For we are his workmanship. For we are his workmanship. There's a couple of things in that. I already explained one. He doesn't create junk. There's a big word in there that's really small. This is his. My owner. My maker. And that's, that's, that's what you stand on. When you get to that point and you go, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. God's right behind you going, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you are. 
And if you bring that into your heart and you bring that into your life and you realize that it doesn't matter what anybody says except for him, period. And I've learned, I've learned that the hard way. I've learned that not being able to take things and going, okay, well, this is what this person thinks of me. My life is over. doesn't matter. God's looking at every single one of you all the time and going like, and he's like rooting for you back there. He's got his hands raised. I can just imagine he's just sitting there yelling, like screaming, having a good old time, saying, I love that kid. I love that person. So it takes work. It, it takes us being able to stand in sometimes the worst of the worst and going, I am going to choose to believe what God has told me, that he loves me, that I'm forgiven, that I'm holy and righteous. And I know that sometimes we don't feel like that. I know sometimes it's like singing, um, it's like singing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Sometimes it's not so well and you just don't want to sing that song. So I think that's on an occasion kind of song that you feel like singing it. Um, but even when you don't feel like it, when you just feel, ask him. One of, like, one of my favorite things is, and, and I do this a lot, because I have to be reminded, I have to be reminded, is when I just don't know, I just go, God, who am I to you? Who am I to you? And I'm telling you, like, there's this well inside of us, guys, that, like, he just starts flooding. He makes it known. He's not going to sit there and be silent. And, and so when I get to that point, sometimes it takes some crying, and it, sometimes it takes some <sighs> hard days. But God will just start bringing that up. It's like, um, and, I, and so and just so you know, I live my life by music. Like, I could play you a soundtrack of my life, and it's all in songs. So I speak a lot of songs, but there's a United Pursuit song that we sing that says, you made a safe place, knowing I would fall, knowing I would break, so take me to your garden. So next time that you feel your insecurity is just, you're overwhelmed, ask him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take you to that garden. He's going to take you to that peaceful place, and he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you, for we for you are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, Gideon could have just said, hey, I am the weakest. And he did. He tried. He tried hard. I am the weakest. My family stinks. My tribe is terrible. And it sounded like his self-esteem was already high enough, and then God goes and cuts his army down like that. And um, it really shows how God works in a lot of different ways that we don't ever see. Because I'll just be honest, if we were all sitting out here and there's a stadium of people coming this way and there's 300 of us, I'd be running that way. But it shows you the amount of confidence, the amount of um, 
what God's, what, you know, what his identity inside of us can overcome and what we can do by just getting into it. And so here's what I want to do this morning. And the reason, here's one of the reasons why um, I talked about this this morning is I, I have like, and you'll see me do it. Um, when I put my guitar on, God speaks to me a lot and it's almost so disrupting while I'm trying to sing songs to you all. But he's like just saying, like, saying things like, there's somebody here that has this, there's somebody here that has this. And like, there's a lot of times you'll see me stop and I'm like, just sitting there really quiet. And it's because I got some, just like Oren was singing in my ear, or the harmony, it's like God's in my ear singing to me and, and saying, hey, this is this, this is this. And I think it was last week, I just had this overwhelming, like, just that we were, somebody in here, and, and I know I can raise my hand and know that this is me truthfully, was dealing with insecurity. Um, and dealing with it hard, like real hard. And God was just, he just kept bombing it in my ear, bombing it in my ear. And because I, I was not going to speak about this. I was actually going to speak about communion. I was excited about to talk about communion for a minute. And, um, he kept telling me this. He kept telling me this. And I was like, okay, where am I going? Where am I going? Judges. Wow. <laughs> judges. At least I wasn't in Leviticus or anything like that. And so, and that's where he sent me. But I say this is that God a lot of times will speak to me. And, and here's, I don't, I'm not ever going to call you up here as an altar call. I'm never going to make you raise your hand. I'm never going to make you do this. But I, I will tell you this, if you don't deal with it, whoever you are, there may be multiples of us, myself included, it's going to tear you up. It's going to rob your joy. It's going to make you feel like the most worthless person around. And that's what the enemy does. See, I get this picture all the time of, you know, and we, we, we've seen it as like just smashing the enemy, like the snake. I hate snakes. But that's what we got to do. And and I want you to walk out of here. And you're going to walk out of here, maybe you're not going to be feeling so good. Maybe you're insecure about something. Maybe it's about the way you look. Maybe it's about the way you, you know, I remember being a kid and going like, man, I got to go to school in this. Like my mom would put a bowl on my head and cut my hair. I guess that was a thing back then. You know, never had the clothes that I needed to look like everybody else. You know what's funny is it sounds funny, but it translates into your life like as adults as well. You know? The the um listen, I'm not one to brag on or not to, to bag on like Instagram and Facebook and all that. But doggone it, we've made it so easy to make ourselves insecure. Oh, man, they're on vacation again. Oh, man, look at that car. My favorite is this one. When, did, when was it okay for people to just start putting pictures of their food? Like, like it just makes you feel terrible when, like, somebody's out in the middle of, like, you know, and they're having this awesome meal, and you're sitting there with your chicken McNugget. And you're just like, oh, man, I wish I had that. You know, and... 
So we've done it to ourselves. I remember, I remember <laughs> my grandparents would always tell me, ah, oh, we had it so hard. We walked up the hill both ways, no shoes. Went through the depression. Well, that's, that's hard, especially the whole uphill back and forth thing. I don't understand that one. But our generation and, 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 and even the generation of the older people, we have it rough. There's some stuff out there that is, I mean, you cannot open up Instagram or Facebook without looking at other things and going like, oh, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. It's like, I remember, and I'll, and I'll finish with this. What I, when we moved here, we started renting a house, and it's over there on Ash Street somewhere. Is it that way? I don't know. Man, I'm terrible with directions here. Thank God for Google. Um, and as you know, we're sitting there going like, you know, eventually we want to buy a house. And, and I thought like, yeah, I want a house one day. Like this will be nice, like my own house where I can not put uh, 3M safety tape on everything on the wall because I can't put anything in the wall. You know, I want to paint my own wall. And then I was like, Get you get on you get on Facebook and you know, I have a, I have a, I have a buddy that sells houses and I'm like he'll, he'll always be on videos and I'm like oh man I really like that house that's a nice house like I could use that house and then I was thinking about it the other day I'm like all right let's take my house and let's just transport it into the middle of the Congo I'm not gonna want any I'm gonna be living good out there and that puts it into perspective of of insecurity about some of the dumbest things that you could possibly imagine. Yes, I like your cheeseburger, and I'm eating chicken nuggets, you know. And so we put our, our, ourselves in places like this. We put ourselves in situations to where we put ourselves against each other, things that we see, things that we want, and ultimately it eats us up. And I'm not telling you to go delete your accounts, I have mine. But be careful. Be careful about what you see. Also be careful about what other people say about you. And remember this. This is the easiest one. This is like the best one that I keep in my pocket. I don't care. Because Jesus says that I'm awesome. You could say the worst thing about me, but it's not going to bother me anymore. It does sometimes, don't get me wrong. But Jesus told me that he loves me. And it really doesn't matter what you think or what your opinion is. And all that takes is obedience. Um, and I think, just like some guys when they speak, they give altar calls. I, I just beat certain things in you. Like seriously, if you're not reading your Bible every day, please There is so many, you can read it on your phone. I have it on, an, I can listen to it in my ears. Like, the Bible. That's where I got this stuff from. The stuff that he said about me. If it isn't a priority in your heart and in your life, if praying isn't a priority, I want to see all of you here for prayer one night. 
I want that to be a priority in your life. When you start putting God first and priority and, and praying and reading your Bible, you start like just that well again, that well that they talk about never going dry. Ooh, we talked about this with me and John last night about like memorizing verses, like memorizing scripture, how you can fight back with stuff like that. So when, when the enemy comes and tells you you're worthless, I'll get you a verse real fast. You can fight that kind of stuff. And so read your Bible, pray. I know it sounds like I'm an infomercial for Sunday school, but I am. Read your Bible or your mom's going to get mad at you. So let's pray, and then I think we're going to sing a song. If you want to, y'all want to come back up here real quick. Um, I'm going to give this to Aaron in just a second, um, but I want to pray um, for a couple things before I do, and um, we'll go from there. So God, we love you. God, and I'm so glad that you look at me in such a different way than I look at myself or that other people look at me like where I see broken down and rags you see beauty and God I just ask that you that you would begin to speak to our hearts this morning because I know I'm not the only one they can't be the only one we live in this world that is so crazy so God begin to just overflow us God, that we don't have to look for our security in things that we own, what we look like, what our job is, what our status is. But that we could be okay with being in our own selves. But with you inside. Do we no longer have to look to other things to... Um, to try to find our confidence in because they're not going to last. They're going to fall. They're going to break. They're going to... God, in our relationships, so God, help us. God, I pray for joy right now. I pray for our hearts to be just filled with the joy, God, of you. God, we should celebrate every day that and we should wake up with a smile on our face just knowing that you love us as much as you do. And that no matter what comes against me, God, it's not going to get to me at all because you're always there. You're always, you're always on our side. You always care. So God, our hearts this morning, we lift up to you. And the ones that have been damaged, the ones that have been hurt, 
the ones that, that, that say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. Like Gideon, I, I'm the weakest. I'm nothing. God, may you speak into our hearts. <laughs> we are mighty. We were mighty with you. So God, feed that to us. God, tell us. Be re- just, God, I, I just pray this week that you would just be relentless with everybody, Lord. That you would just be a jabber box in their ear and tell them how much you love them. Some of us just need to hear that you know our name. So God, we thank you. We are so honored that we could stand in front of you. We are so honored that we could just come to the king and sit at your throne and just be with you this morning. So God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we love you in your name, amen.